name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. My rock and roll weekend is done. It's done. I did it. I did it. I drove to Los Angeles from my house, which was about an eight hour, well, about nine hours, uh, two failed coffee stops. One was not hot enough and the second one just sucked ass because they didn't have dark roast, which just, I just don't understand. Uh, that's, that's my biggest issue with the world today. Um, pandemic distant second. The biggest one is that the dark roast is, is going by the wayside and I don't like it. I don't like it. It's a crisis. Uh, anyway, drove straight down nine hours about drive right to the studio, walked in the door and two things happened. One, uh, started working immediately, just guitar out, tested sounds, started tracking. We were there till about 10 o'clock that night. The second thing happened is that as soon as I walked in that door, I reverted back to a previous self, uh, from years ago when I was doing this full time. And it was weird, like on the way down, even I was thinking, okay, I gotta really be, I gotta take it easy. Cause you know, I'm gonna be smoking and drinking a lot. And I'm like, I'm not gonna be smoking and drinking a lot. It was weird. I like, I, is that brain? It's like, well, if I'm gonna be in the studio, then obviously I'm gonna be smoking cigarettes like I did in my thirties. Um, they didn't smoke cigarettes. Didn't, it didn't need to. I didn't even, wasn't even tempted. You know, it just was weird. It was like, oh, if I'm gonna be doing this, I'm apparently gonna be doing this. Uh, so I didn't do that and it was good, really good, productive a weekend. I will tell you, uh, that it was, um, we got a lot of work done, worked 10, worked 12 hour days, <clears throat> three, you know, three days in a row after the, the arrival day, got my car and drove home. Uh, a little, a little, if you're new, if you're new to this podcast, you better go back and listen to, um, musician and name only. Cause this will give you kind of, I used to do this full time. So, okay. Probably most people listening just already know this about me. Mm. Now I drink coffee full time. <clears throat> uh, I'm actually drinking a Trader Joe's coffee, not a home roast. Cause I had to buy, I ran out of the coffee I brought with me. And yes, I brought coffee with me. I know it's crazy. Uh, but I grind my own coffee, bring it with me on trips. Cause I'm not going to take that chance. Uh, but it was on the road that I had that fail, man, if it was a fail and, and back, back to the subject. So the flexing of that creative muscle, um, is, I got to tell you, it, it is, it's, it's essential, I think for health and happiness and to the most overlooked part of our of ourselves. And I think that most everybody, if not everybody has a creative side. I think every human being has a creative side, period. I think that what gets in the way of that creative side, it, uh, you know, things like our own self judgment, what, what I do isn't going to be good as if that matters, right? Those kinds of things keep us, you know, time or our perception that we don't have enough time. Hence my small steps approach. Cause you, you freaking do have time, but there's things that step in the way of that expression. And man, when it is expressed, it is a whole thing. It's the healthy eating of the mind. You know what I'm saying? It's like the thing that makes you feel energized and good. And it was really cool. I was down there, my drummer, Mike, who I mentioned in the, in the, in the musician in name only episode, um, he and I've worked together for years and years. We were in a band for years and toured together and just have spent a lot. You know, each other, it's like an old married couple. Anyway, we walk in that room and just 
just right just just fell right into the old ways like we're working together we're creating stuff we're like coming up with ideas we're going back and forth like we just had that familiarity it was very cool and what experience brings you know what actually working brings instead of talking about being a musician like doing the thing doing the work I talk about that a lot in Six Truths. Like it's, there are a lot of people, you know, in LA, especially, you know, are screenwriters, quote unquote, but they're not working, you know, work, do, do the thing, do the thing. And it's never been a better time. You know, we, this was in a real studio, but people can make music at home with GarageBand and you can do these things. You can work and it, it is the work that builds the experience and the experience builds the quality. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very cool process. Anyways, the album's not done. We got a lot done, but it's a pretty big undertaking. So we got the, what I needed to get done, which was the, the basics, the drums and guitar and my singing and got a few extra tracks laid down, but I'm gonna have to go d- back down and do more. And, and anyways, but it was, it was really fun. So I'll keep you guys posted on. I got to also scrounge up the dough because it's not cheap. Um, so, uh, back, it, that hasn't changed <laughs> from the, back in the old days, like here's the credit card, uh, you know, so that part of my rock and roll, uh, history has not changed, which is kind of interesting. I just don't smoke anymore. Um, this is going to be a natural segue. So you, you, it's seamless. Um, <clears throat> I'm talking about Ozzy, the gorilla. Mm. There was a gorilla and I say was because he passed away. <clears throat> he was the oldest male, <clears throat> excuse me, and third oldest gorilla overall. Now, first of all, he's in a zoo. So first of all, I'm, I'm suspect of that. Oldest male and third oldest gorilla overall, you like in the world. So we have, tr- we are tracking gorillas by age that closely that we can say in the entire world that he is the oldest male. That's a, I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a little suspicious. I don't know that we have you know, wired up, technically wired up every gorilla in the world that we can then say, that guy's the oldest right there. But let's just hear, neither here nor there, he's old, okay? It just seems like a super tight hold on the gorilla population, that's all. It's a little, it's a little big brother-ish in my, in my opinion. However, just the only reason I bring it up is because it's kind of cool and he's like a great, 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 you know, spawned multi-generations of gorillas, which gorillas do, so they're really good about that. But his favorite foods, cabbage and oranges, cabbage and oranges. And I saw a picture of Ozzy. The guy's got muscles. So here's my thing. I think what the zoos aren't telling us, and probably the reason why Ozzy the gorilla became the oldest male and third oldest gorilla in the entire world, is because he's probably sneaking protein powders on the side. That's that's my because he's super muscular. I mean, if you see a picture of the guy, he's buff, and he's buff, and he's digging cabbages and oranges. We all know what how that movie ends. Uh, frailty is that how that movie ends? Uh, so he's got to be sneaking in some muscle milk. Am I right? I mean, he's got to be sneaking. In. The the zoo is funneling some soy protein isolate and whey protein into that guy's bloodstream. I mean, obviously we've wired up most gorillas. So the reason why gorillas are that muscular is because our tight hold allows them to get the protein that they need. I was on a podcast called The Daily Grind. Pretty fun, pretty fun stuff. Links in the show notes. And here's my new announcement, ready? Thank you, thank you to everybody who throws me a few bucks a month, Patreons me. And check the show notes for everything else. Okay, that's good, done. What was that, seven seconds? Check the show notes for everything else. Said it again. Mm. Let's talk about goal paralysis, okay? Now, goal paralysis. Good title? I don't know. I had two alternative titles. Okay, here's the first one. 
Every day I write the book, which was a nod to Elvis Costello and the fact that I'm writing a new book. And you'll see why I talk about this. And the next alternate time, aid station to aid station. was Is that... I don't know. I went with goal paralysis. I figured paralysis is a little stronger, hooks people in a little bit. That's why I've got the big, that's why I'm counting the big numbers. It's Rogan and me. We're one, I got to keep on, we're, we're, we're tied for first. He, he has the whole anti-vaxxer th- uh, allure. I don't have that. That's why he's, he trends number one, but I'm a close second with titles like goal paralysis. Oftentimes in this podcast, I will say things about the our psychology and the way that we do things. And of course, I'm in the habit change world and how to help people be more productive and myself as well and how to how to sort of get these things done. And oftentimes, I have a question of like, why is that in us? And again, I'm not a psychologist. But here's the sec- next level. I don't also don't give a shit. And that, that's the thing about it is I ask the question that simultaneously in my brain, I go, I don't really care. It's a, it's a, it's a reality I am faced with and I want to have a way to have a workaround. I want to say, well, what is the solution to this reality? Why is it that our brains work this way? I don't know. Can we be productive and live lives that are fulfilling and happy and healthy and vibrant given this reality? That That's where I live. When when I'm working with clients and those questions of like, well, I don't know, that's, like I'm, that's between you and your psychologist. I don't know. I don't even know they know. And maybe they're trying to change that. I don't know. I'm saying, well, here, if this is the thing, if this is the reality, then then let's figure out a way to, to work within that reality. And I think the reality is that human beings are easily overwhelmed. Now, this could be a function, by the way, of the world we live in because we're at such a heightened level of baseline stress. I was teaching a class yesterday with a really nice guest from Alaska, by the way, the only state in the country that I've never been to. I have been to 49 states in the United States I have been to, not Alaska. And they invi- I told them that. And they were like, you should come up and visit us. And I was like, you think, I think, I think I will. Um, anyways, and so the, 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 but the reality of this is that, is that the baseline level of stress in the modern world is heightened. It's not like we are, are facing lions. It's not the level of panic. It's not that we're going, oh, yeah all the time but the just the general existence of many if not most human beings is of a heightened level of stress forget about the pandemic i mean that's like a whole nother thing and then the medium roast to light roast coffee is a whole nother thing and that those things will pop us up into sort of the lion area but day-to-day general living is at a heightened level of stress such that it doesn't take much to pop us into overwhelm well, if there's anything that we want to do that's outside of the normal routine of our lives, if there's anything we want to take on or, or, or create or like my music or writing, my, writing a book that I'm doing or things, things like that, it's very hard to get those things done for most people because even a new healthy eating plan, let's say, or an exercise plan, the reason why we burn out on those things so quickly. It's because it's very hard for us to maintain that level of attention and energy expenditure and time expenditure in the context of an already kind of burdensome life. And, it, and I don't mean that, in a, again, in a way that we're just walking around going, oh, I can't, but it's like just this kind of subtle, under the radar, heightened level of stress that we may not be fully cognizant of most days is just sort of how we live our lives. We realize it if we do when we try to take on something else 
and either can't stick with it or burn out, you know, both those things. We, it's either, we never even start it or we burn out after we start it. Those are the sort of the two realities that say like, well, this is like hard for me to get this done. We always have these, I call it the should cloud in the six truths. Like I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Well, then we get pissed at ourselves for not doing it. But the fact is that we, it's hard. It's it's hard to take on anything above the day-to-day work of our lives. It's hard to take that on. It's hard to change things about our day-to-day life, like like changing the way you eat, but it's also hard to take on new things to do something that sits outside of the regularity of our lives, the normal routines of our lives, the things we do most days. Goal paralysis is this is this is this reality again i don't know why it's there don't care there's a goal process which is big plans big idea right that's that's we love the big plans because it's exciting and we go i'm gonna write a book i had this this is fully me the first time i wrote my the when i wrote my first book Mm. approaching the natural i mean it was this great i was excited i was like starting this my old podcast same thing big plan it's exciting and you get the equipment and the when the book thing i had and i did the the uh the proposal and i found a publisher and i was like oh my god and he was like listen when can you get this done and i was like bravado you tell me that due date i'll get that done had no business discussed talking in that weird way that i just talked i didn't really talk that way but no business saying that it was i had no idea what i was doing i was i was just like this is going to be awesome I'm going to be up late. It sounds so great, romantic. I'm going to be up late writing a book in front of a computer, just writing a book at night. How great. What a great way to picture myself at night when the family's gone to bed and there I will be glancing out the window and writing a book. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. And I mean, I had to push through it, but it was not without just, you know how they say what doesn't, kill you makes you stronger i don't agree with that what doesn't kill you sometimes just kicks the shit out of you i'm weaker because of that experience i'm just i'm i'm joking i'm i'm 72 percent joking goal paralysis is this idea that we get excited and we set a big goal for ourselves but the paralysis of it is that oftentimes we will not start that because of the gargantuan nature of the goal itself. Once this excitement settles and we get to the business of actually doing the work, which is ironically where the happiness lives, but at the same time, it can be paralyzing because when we finally set to getting that thing done, the reality of how hard it is to do and how not exciting it is in the moment can sometimes stop us in our tracks number one number two in the in the reality of getting a big thing done whether that be a race by the way or again healthy eating or writing a book or what or, or an album if we are in the if our brains are in the place of thinking about that goal that can be paralyzing too. And here's what I mean. If I'm writing the book I'm writing now, which is on ultra running, you guys know that I'm writing, I had to give away, I gave away a t-shirt for somebody who guessed that correctly um, or coffee. I can't remember what it was. Anyways, um, writing this book. If I consider when I sit down to write this book, when I do most days, if I consider the entirety of the book, if I think about all that I have left to do, and it's a lot, 
it is very hard for me to get work done. I mean, there are days this week where I open the thing and I'm thinking, holy shit, I have so much work left to do on this book. It is prohibitive to me to actually get anything done. So what I am doing, and this is why the alternate title of this podcast episode was Aid Station to Aid Station. And I think it's the second best. Every day I write the book is the third best. But anyways, Aid Station to Aid Station, because what I have done is I'm writing chapters and I have created, sorry to get stupid and mundane here, but I've created separate chat files. I'm not writing, I don't, I didn't make one word file for the entire book. I have chapter one as a file, chapter two as a file. So when I go to work right now, I'm on chapter six. I open the chapter six file and all I'm doing is like, I'm just going to work on chapter six and I have to play again, play this game. Why? Don't know. Don't care. I have to play this game. I have to go from chapter to chapter. If I think of all nine, I think chapters I have right now, all nine chapters and how much work I have to do on all nine chapters and how I have to go back and then edit all those. It's done. I'm done. I'm done. I can't get that done. With my clients, I have done the same thing. We are aid station to aid station. That's how I ran my 50 miler. That's exactly, my memory of that is so clear in this, in this album that I did, song to song. I just got to go, okay, let me just go from this song. Let me just go from, I don't, if I think I've got guitar to do and I've got vocals to do and I have drums to do and then I got to get all the musicians and do the other things and then I go down and mix it. And I was like, oh my God, we're just going to go this next one. We're going to go this next one. That's how I ran my 50 miler. I did not think if I had thought of that, and that was a bad day. I had a bad, rough day that day. If you guys watched that video years ago, it was uh, my first 50 mile on my YouTube channel. I am not in a good way. I showed up to the start, starting line not feeling well and not wanting to run. I mean, that's a bad way to start a 50 mile race. I was like, this is the last place I want to be at four in the morning. Um, but what got me through was, okay, six more miles. A station in six more miles. I will get to that aid station and then I will revisit my life and go, okay, okay, let me go to the next one. And I found that extremely useful in my coaching work as I'm working with clients, aid station to aid station. I'm like, just this is the thing you get to next. If you think, well, I want to get to this weight and I have to eat this way, this way, and I have to run, I have to exercise every day. It's, it's goal paralysis. Today, I'm going to try to eat you know, this is a small step thing, but I'm going to try to eat, you know, this one healthy thing, or I'm going to go for a four minute walk. I'm just going to do this today. I'm not going to think about, you know, the seven miles that I want to eventually be able to run what I'm going to do today. It's working. It's breaking things down. Um, you know, obviously small stepping is, is in a sense, breaking things down, but also it's breaking down your goal into a manageable chunk, a partitioned thing to say, let me just get to this thing. Once I get to this thing, I will do the next thing, but I got to do this thing first. If I think about all the things, I do nothing. And that's fairly related to this sort of what most clients for some reason have said when they start working with me, which is that I'm an all or nothing person, not me, but they say that about themselves. I'm an all or nothing. They come in and say, I'm an all or nothing person. And what I always say is all or nothing people usually end up doing nothing. All or nothing usually means nothing because the all of it is very difficult to deal with. It means you have to do close off a whole bunch of stuff of your life, all other parts of your life, except for this one thing that you're going all in on. And it's paralyzing. It's, it's, you can't maintain that kind of, that kind of focus to that one area at the expense of all the other areas. When you set a goal, 
uh, and it could be a very people always think, oh, well, what you, so you don't like like big goals? I love big goals. I, I you know, like do them. Like, great, set your ideals. I always talk about that. But how you get there, how you how you avoid being paralyzed by the width and breadth of that goal that you might have set is by saying, okay, well, the goal's there, and that's sort of off in the in 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 the nether regions. But for now. I'm going to just do the thing today. I know I'm training for a 50 miler. Eventually that's my goal, but today I'm going to run a mile. I'm just going to run a mile. But if you think about that 50 miler, man, it is hard to get off that couch because it is very hard to sort of understand the size of these kinds of things that we often take on. So goal paralysis. I have found it very helpful with clients and hopefully spreading this message with you, which is to help people go, listen, with through the conversation and the coaching, today what what is today what is we're going to go a station to a station if we think 50 we don't move if we go a station we go that's five miles down the road that i can do and once i get there i hang out and i go okay i'm going to do another five miles so on and so forth and eventually we get to that title to that to that day to that goal uh essentially it's you know the trite thing is go by day, go day by day but sometimes cliches have meaning and sometimes cliches are, are are true and i think this you know it's only day by day because here's here's the reality of going day by day there really is no other way to go about it if you think about it you can only go day by day this is essentially what you're doing in your brain and and what you're thinking about but there is no other way to go other than day by day when you when you incorporate that and, and you focus on that and internalize and and really sort of go okay my brain is also going to think about day by day because that's the reality too we're just way more productive and way more happy and healthy in our lives going day by day works because there is no other way and when you accept that you win could be Just 
stop listening left to do the wandering To find escape in the highest kind And to fall into a lonely mind Then to long for one more time Well, I ain't 